0: Good morning everybody, my name is Luke Thomas, you already know that. Today is uh, Monday, November 24th, 2014, and this is the MMA, the Monday Morning Analyst. Now, I'm not sure how often I'm going to do this, because I also do my signal to noise column, although that's kind of moving to Tuesdays, I don't want to double it up, but I'll definitely make you this promise. I'm definitely going to do one of these audio recaps of things I want to talk about, on the Monday after a weekend where there's multiple events or a lot to talk about, I haven't decided quite yet. I want to provide extra content, so but this was a perfect weekend because you had Metamoris and Copa Podio, and uh, there was even Legion Wrestling. Obviously, UFC Fight 957, which I'm going to say most of my analysis for signal to noise, but also Pacquiao as well. Lots to talk about, so I just wanted to you know go over my thoughts from the weekend and and uh, the events that you saw, and and go from there. But. Um, I'll put this, obviously, you're, you're listening to this probably on SoundCloud, I'll put it on iTunes. Anyway, no one cares about all that. Let me just sort of get to the events. So, Metamorist 5 was this past weekend, it was in Long Beach. Attendance looked a little light, I couldn't tell, they usually were in that like old car museum. They weren't this time. Um, overall, I thought the event was good, I didn't think it was great. I thought the main event was really not great, which I'll get to in a minute, Um but I, I actually sort of overall, I, I kind of enjoyed what I saw, and there's a lot to sort of unpack here. Um, opening match Gary Tonin versus Zach Maxwell. Gary Tonin is just built for, for Metamorphosis. Like, this is a guy who, if you watch him in the IBJJF system, you can tell there's a lot of times he does things. You know, he'll pull deep half when he's not supposed to, or he'll let someone get a pass where he can create some kind of a scramble, and uh, and it costs him sometimes, you know. but uh, Or, you know, he gives puts himself in a vulnerable position and gets his back taken. But in submission only, it doesn't matter because if you give him enough time, um, he's going to get out of just about everything. And, you know, what What you often see from some of these old school guys in jiu-jitsu, you really saw it with Henzo. Now, there's some talk that him, he was injured, but you really saw it where it's like, and it's true. It's true no matter where where you do jiu-jitsu, position before submission. You have to have all the elements in place for a submission to work. But the difference is Gary Tonin has so many transitional positions that he can constantly go for things. He doesn't need flat, huge sweeping positions like mount or side control or seatbelt grip with both hooks in from the back. He can do a lot with much less because those are quote-unquote different positions for him. Um, and so that's why you saw him just going from different leg lock sequence to heel hook sequence and switching the different kinds of heel hooks. He was trying and, and, and being able to apply the submission through a series of escapes that he was anticipating from Maxwell Maxwell, by the way, having some of his traditional humble which he's known for, um, great match. Great match. I, I had called Tony to be via heel hook because I just thought that you're not going to really choke Maxwell, and he's going to be hard to submit with an arm kind of submission. Kimura, arm bar, that kind of thing. Uh, certainly in Americana. Um, but heel hooks are something that Gary Tone has really kind of added to his arsenal in the last few years, He and he's deadly with them. In a way, I don't know if he was necessarily as good before, uh, but boy, he's good now. So anyway... I just think Gary Tonnet is built for submission only, and even when he loses, he'll always put on an entertaining match. He's just one of these guys. Who's, it's impossible for him to suck in the metamorphs format short of him getting submitted in 30 seconds, right? So uh, a great, great start to the to, to the show. Although, again, it was sort of light attendance there, but what do you expect? Then we went on to um, uh, Vinny Magalich versus Mateus Denise. Mateus Denise was filling in for... Who is he supposed to go against? Kevin Casey. Kevin Casey was out. Mateus Denise is a brown belt under Marcelo Garcia. I thought Mateus did, Denise did what he could with the time he had. Um, you know, Vinny's going to be a hard guy to beat. I thought Vinny was unnecessarily defensive. He even admitted to stalling in the post-fight interview. Denise, I think, I, I thought that armbar to sort of knee-tap takedown sequence was great. Um, you notice, though, that, like, and we'll get to Jake Shields in a minute, but you notice with Shields and with Vinny and with uh, Rory, Pretty good takedown defense. I know Rory got taken down. We'll get to that in a minute, I'm, I'm sure. But nevertheless, these guys are the, the MMA guys you see in these jiu-jitsu matches, particularly in Morris. they're hard to take down, and they don't play extended guard if they don't want to. They reset things on the feet. It also goes to show you, by the way, that like everyone's like, oh, you can't win off the bottom in MMA. Hard to win off the bottom in jiu-jitsu too. You can see all these guys. You saw all that hand fighting and and you know, inside ties and guys trying to get on top because there's just so much more you can do when gravity is on your side. Um, In any event, so, you know, this wasn't my favorite match partly because Vinny was overly defensive and Mateus, I think, is very, very good for the level he's at, but you can see there's another level to his game that he hasn't quite added to yet. Um, So I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. There's a couple of bright moments here or there, but uh, I also thought that Mateus... Looked like he was trying some passes that would have worked better. He, he had, I think he had a leg weave pass that if you have the gi, man, you can just hold the bottom leg and walk your body around. And it just doesn't work when you have no gig. And, and so they were doing that Three Stooges bit where like Vinny moves back and Mateus tries to follow. And then Vinny moves back like in a circle as you try to secure the pass. And it just doesn't work. And eventually the guy on bottom, if he's good, like Vinny is, is going to be one step ahead and then recapture guard. So not my favorite match. Not the best matchups. I mean, one of the sort of takeaways from Adam Morris, and this match is a perfect example is they really have to be very, very careful about matchmaking they have to find guys like gary and that's hard to do but they have to find guys like gary or put guys in matchups that just create maximum action if you get a guy who's like slash mma slash jiu-jitsu you know you have to make a nogi because they're not going to be as prepared for that kind of thing and if you get a guy whose style of jiu-jitsu is you know i'm going to only work from these major positions that are hard to hold to begin with particularly in nogi you just don't get a lot out of it yeah, and you really have to be careful. With MMA, even if you book a matchup on paper that sucks ass, there is still a possibility where, you know what, this guy was zigging when he was supposed to zag, and and he caught a right hook, and bang, he goes out. You know, Alexi, um, the Alexi uh, uh, Olinyuk fight versus, um, I think I pronounced that right. I could never pronounce that guy's name. Versus Jared Rashalt from UFC, same thing. Rashalt, you know, was doing what Rashalt normally does, but just was basically defenseless. Um, in terms of the stand up, 8 1 and goes crashing to the mat. So it's harder to get from Jiu Jitsu. Like, there's less accidents in that kind of way, particularly guys at this level, you know? So, not my favorite. Um, Keenan Cornelius taking on uh, Yuri Samois. Uh, this was the rematch of the 2014 Nogi Worlds. I've been talking about that forever. Uh, great match. Yuri U- having his moments, especially with that knee bar. Keenan put out a video, I just put it on Twitter, where he talks about his defense to it. Um, a lot of intricate guard play um Keenan's passing on top man is just ridiculous he just throws the leg by and just they, I think they call it loose passing what he does and just sort of steps by these guys with these black belt world champion guards like you recall you no know, Hadolfo has a very different style of passing he's not mobile he's a pressure passer but you know remember Hadolfo Vieira versus um Braulio Estima from I think two Metamorises ago you know, it took him ten minutes to pass his guard, doing a pressure passing style. Keenan passes it in less than ten seconds when he gets his way. So, let me get a sip of water here. Incredible. Um, you know, it just shows you how good Yuri is. I thought Keenan was coming on stronger. You know, if you go back and watch the BJJ Kumite, I know it's a little different thing, but if you go back and watch it. Keenan was winning a lot of those matches from the 20- to 40-minute mark, sometimes like 46-minute mark. Um, you know, if these matches were 30- 40 minutes, I think Keenan would, would win a lot more of them than he does because he's. I think he beat Kevin Casey and he said draws in the last two. You give him a little bit more time, and I think he'd beat these guys. Uh, but that was one of the better ones too, and I'm glad they had a Gi match there. You can't have all no Gi matches. A secret match, Roberto Satoshi, a hell of a competitor, against Jake Shields. Man, did Jake Shields show up on this or what, man? Fantastic display from Jake Shields. I, if you go and watch his match with Leandro Lowe from like one, I think the World Jiu Jitsu Expo a year or two ago, he did a lot of stalling. Uh, not this time, man. Not this time. Um, he really brought the match to Roberto Satoshi passing, and again with ba- quote unquote basic jiu jitsu, like he was doing not complex passing at all. But he was just relentless with it, and every detail of it was perfect. And he wore Robert, Roberto Satoshi down, or Roberto, I'm sorry, Roberto Satoshi. Now, uh, Satoshi is, um, you know, he's predominantly a gi competitor. He's got a lot of chokes from the back that he likes with the gi. The bow and arrow is a big one of his, for example. Um So, you know, not necessarily the best use of uh, Satoshi in that way, but they might bring him back. He's very exciting. He's got a lot of dramatic flair, which also people like. But I just want to point out, and uh, you know what, I'll save it to the the Roy McDonald one. But Jake Shields, I I mentioned this on Twitter, this is one of the situations where you look at it and you're like, golly, man, if you have a bad loss at MMA, or maybe you're just not visible in MMA for some reason because, you know, he's in the World Series of Fighting... And then you come to metamorphosis, and you just flex your grappling muscles. Dude, you can just enhance your reputation immediately. I feel like Jake Shields is walking out of there, not necessarily with the same luster that Josh Barnett got when he beat Dean Lister, but certainly looking pretty damn good. Um, Really enjoyed that match. Really, really, really liked it. Very impressed by Jake Shields. No finish there either. But nevertheless, just putting on a a very tightly controlled, aggressive jujitsu competition. Um... You know, and given Satoshi everything he could handle, really, really thought it was spectacular. Co main event, JT Torres, Roy McDonald. This might have been my favorite match aside from the Gary Tonin finish. You know, so you look at Roy McDonald. Listen, he was much bigger than JT, but clearly from a skill standpoint, at a differential, and that was obvious right from the beginning. Okay, but and listen, I don't want to bash Brendan Schaub too much. I actually like him a lot. I've met him a couple times. Could not be nicer. Friendly guy. Good face to the UFC. He really is a pretty good guy, and I think that if he could do things over again, he might do them differently. I hope he would say that. But this just goes to undercut the arguments that he was using to defend himself after that debacle against Cyborg You being like, why would I put myself in these compromising positions? I have a UFC career to take care of. This is not a wise step for me. And it's like, dude, there are other MMA fighters, and not just these two, not just um, Rory McDonald or Jake Shields, even Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen was grossly outmatched against Andre Galvan. Okay, who go in there and they give it what they have and maybe they do well like Jake Shields or maybe they don't like Rory McDonald but they go in there and try now I'm not endorsing what McDonald said like I'd rather have my arm broken and Morris than tap to JT Torres I don't think that's necessarily the wisest thing in the world but at least he's got the right competitive attitude for the most part I, it's a competition I'm going to go in there and I'm going to I'm going to try to attack and I think he did I thought JT looked incredible also with his arm drag to, uh, to the sort of single leg takedown was really nice um Great sweeps from Leglocks. without getting too complicated in the explanations here. Um, man, I thought he had it when he had that Kimura and Triangle set up. All the credit in the world to Rory McDonald through gutting through that. Again, Rory McDonald, they made him take taken down, but he was hard to hold down. Guys, well, he could get up and he could reset the wrestling, which is where these guys do have an advantage. I actually think that's one interesting feature to bring in these MMA fighters into these matches. Because for me... It's always been like, oh, MMA fighter versus jujitsu guy. You're going to make it no-gi, which means there's going to be a lot of stalling on guys' parts. And I think that's not necessarily all that fair. Guys like Jay Shields can compete, it appears, at least in those contexts. And you have guys like Rory McDonald who, yeah, he may get taken down. He's got strong defensive fundamentals to, passing, to, to preventing the pass. And perhaps more importantly, um, really great in terms of getting back up when he needs to and restarting on the feet where these guys actually had, do have pretty good wrestling. So that was a great match, and all. I mean, I thought J.C. Torres looked awesome. Really, really enjoyed that one. Main event, I didn't like at all. You know, I, again, I heard Henzo was injured going in. Maybe it was so. Just two guys who couldn't do much to each other. This was not the same as Caprito versus Salo Ribeiro. There was just very, a whole lot of static positions, very p- minimal passing. Henzo looked risk averse again. If he was injured, I understand why. It just wasn't a lot to it. And I don't know. If there's anything you could have done from a matchmaking making standpoint to, to fix that. There's a lot of interest, in, I guess in seeing Henzo versus Sakuraba again. You guys saw all the the guy in the, with the tiger mask in the front row. I, I don't know that I blame Metamorphs for that in any kind of real way, except to say um, it just didn't work out this time. I, I really did not like the main event. It, I thought it was kind of a bad. That's a bad text about the end of the show and. Henzo just didn't do much, and sitting in North-South forever, or sitting in side control, or abandoning the Kimura, or not even, like, you look. go back and look how often from Neon Belly, you know, here's the thing, when JT Torres is a Neon Belly on Rory McDonald, if you've never had Neon Belly, even if you are outweigh the guy, dude, if someone is good at Neon Belly, it is horrible, horrible, and there's different ways to do Neon Belly, you can do Neon Belly where it's your shin across like their waist from hip to hip, or the way I, I which I used to do, and now I've switched. Now I do knee on belly like you're wearing a seatbelt. So my ankle might be in your hip, and my knee might be closer to your shoulder. Look almost like across your, your chest, and that is just death from above, man. That is horrible. Um, I think that Torres was using it the other way, and I'm sure he's better at it than you know everyone in the world. Um, but what the reason why you do that is a lot of things. One, you get points in jujitsu, but it's horrible. And the, what, I, what I, the reason why I started using it again at a at a you know a remedial level relative to JT Torres, but it's the same principle in some respects, which is I'm a big dude. If I got mount, what I often found was you can't throw strikes in jiu-jitsu. Guys put their elbows to their ribs, and I, you're, you're trying to fight these guys to get their hands away, and, and, and one of the keys in jiu-jitsu is you need to get their arms away from their body, because uh, that's where they're weak, and, and that's, where, that's where attacks are, you're very strong with your elbows close to your ribs, You're really that's a really tight, strong, secure position, um, and so knee on belly, because it's awful, it moves their hands away, they want to get your knee off of them, they want to rotate, They it forces them to move. And I just felt like he Henzo wasn't doing anything that really forced Sakuraba to move. Um, again, maybe he couldn't. I don't know the, in, the ins and outs, but you get the idea. I just I wasn't impressed by it at all. And, and, you know, again, I understand that something was wrong, but just from what the product was in the end, not my favorite. Um, But overall, I give the show, you know, a decent grade, a B or something like that. Uh, Quick note, Copa Podio had Leandro Lowe versus Gilbert Burns. Go watch that. I was surprised that Burns got up even though he was getting choked from the cross-collar choke because that won't necessarily stop it, actually. In in some ways, you can make it worse if you're bent over. But I guess he was really tired the passing of Leandro Lowe. is just impossible to, to to stop. And I want to make a quick note about somebody. I know you may not like the team he comes from. He comes from Lloyd Irvin's team and really Julius Park's team at Crazy 88. But there's this guy named Tim Spriggs. Tim Spriggs beat Lucas Hulk also at of Podio this week. Um, th- that guy's a beast, man. And you want to, here's a match you should check out. I, don't, I think it was the 2013 New York Open. Could have been Abu Dhabi Pro Trials. I'm not exactly sure. But there's a match between uh, Mateus Denise, who went against Vinny Magalache. And then uh, he goes against Tim Spriggs. They were both brown belts at the time. And obviously Tim is now a black belt. Mateus still a brown. And Tim just ran over Mateus Denise. Took him down. Passed repeatedly. Got mount. Took his back. Mateus, I think, had one sweep. Was never in it, man. Never. Uh, Tim Spriggs absolutely dominated him. And he's been looking really, really good ever since. Tim had a rough go of it against Travis Stevens in a previous Copa Podio. But, you know, Travis Stevens Olympic Judo competitor black belt in jujitsu under henzo gracie he's gonna be a tough tough you know outing for anybody check out tim spriggs man he is incredible um moving on to boxing many pack was this weekend i live blogged it for the site you know it is what it is there's it's one of these sort of matches where bouts i should say after the fact that even detractors from both sides are like okay dude you cannot keep putting up people aside from mayweather there's just nobody left for you to fight there's just nobody um whether that actually shakes out into anything, I, 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 you know, we'll see. I, I, I don't think that's the end. They could find a way to make use of Amir Khan. They can find a way to make use of Danny Garcia changing weight classes because both Pacquiao and Mayweather can fight at welterweight or junior welterweight. It doesn't really matter. It's still this idea that they have to now fight some, the, the other guy. It's been the case for years, but I suppose that there's a little bit of fatigue now. Um, it was what it was. I scored one round for Algeria. I think I gave him the fifth round. But you know, six knockdowns. One of them, while Tim Lane was saying he's about to let you know let Algieri out of the cage, and Matt Pacquiao just effing flattens his ass. Um, that was bad. That was really bad. It was a beating. Like Chris Algeri's whole game was range, and the thing was his defensive movement away from Pacquiao. I thought was actually pretty good. He never got trapped on the ropes too much. Um, he was really, you know, constantly on, on on moving around and readjusting his position. But the problem was Pacquiao was using Algeria's offense to get inside, and so every he was keying off the jab. And so every time he threw the jab, that's when Pacquiao would sort of change an angle because he would he would he would he was Pacquiao would back up a little bit too. Although he was mostly walking him down towards the end, but whenever Algeria would, would sort of open up, man, Pacquiao was all over him. Speed differential, skill differential. Um, power differential, it was just a bad night for old, for Chris Algieri, who I thought boxed admirably, you know, getting knocked down the way he did, and some of those knockdowns, I agree, were not legit, the ones again in the corner, where he, sp- he slipped on the water, but you know, good. good listen, Chris Algieri showed, he's a really technically sound boxer, and you know, he'll beat some other good guys, but, I guess an all-time great like Manny Pacquiao, it just was not there for him. As for whether anything will happen with Mayweather, I've sort of given up on the whole, whole idea while still acknowledging that I suppose it's possible and that my cynicism has gotten the best of me. But like the rest of you, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, all right, so then they, then came UFC Fight Night 57. Um, not a bad event, you know, I, all, all in all. Um, you know, look, uh, let me pull up my results here so I can know what the hell I'm talking about because... I normally don't, Um, here we go, yeah, Edgar versus Swanson, Um, yeah, not a bad event, not a bad event at all, Uh, the opening bout on the card, uh, Duho Choi, called that one, man, I didn't do well in predictions on this one, I did well last week on UFC and Bellator, then I duffed on World Series of Fighting, Um, I did poorly on this UFC, but you know, comes and it goes, Um, Duho Choi, just a total beast of a prospect came out and, and showed why Juan is just, you know, God, these Mexican fighters, man, they're just not ready for this level. You know, you got Korean prospects who are absolutely laying waste to them. And that, that's to be expected. Korea has been good at this for a very long time. But, um, even at the prospect level, the differential is impossible to ignore. Paige Van Zandt, uh, and Kaylin Curran putting on a hell of a fight. um, Again, I didn't know, think it was the most skillful match. I'm not trying to hate on; it. I'm just sort of being honest about it. And, and these two are earlier in their career. It's fine to say that, I think. Um, but a tremendous strategy from Van Zant, constantly applying pressure to someone who's also making their uh, UFC debut, to someone who also feeds off of their own offense. Like Algeria, for example. For Algeria, it's hard to punch when you're going backwards a lot, man. You know, and that's the case here. Curran constantly getting pressed and controlled uh, against the cage. So a really strong performance by Van Zant. Um, Akbar Ariola beating Eves Edwards. Scott, poor Evesman. He has to be towards the end of his career. Well, he's had a great, in some ways, legendary career at Lightweight, if you really think about it. But I think the end might be near, um, unfortunately. Um, let's see. Uh, Vic versus Hein. T- I didn't enjoy his fight at all. Um, Navarez versus Barnett. I didn't enjoy his fight at all. And Magomedov, I thought, looked okay. Wyman versus, uh, uh, we'll move to the main card. Wyman versus Hawaii Flagg, a spirited contest. Good to see Wyman back. I wasn't sure that the time off was going to be one of the situations where um, it produced a lot of rust or because he's had such a, sort of a rough and tumble career, it was nice to get him to heal and then come back from a sabbatical. Looked to be like it was the latter, which is good. I like Matt Wyman. He's a fun, interesting guy, and he's good. To put on cards like these, you know, Matt Wyman is guaranteed. He has, yeah, he does have some technical ability, and he has a lot of courage, and he likes to get in fights where a lot of things happen. So a lot of wins there for the audience and for the UFC and for Wyman himself. Uh, Benavidez just dusted Ortiz. Um, Dustin Ortiz is a credible fighter, you know. Like, this is not to disparage him. He's a really good guy, but he had nothing for Joseph Benavidez. Uh, Alexei Olenek, Jared Rashalt, MMA heavyweights are going to MMA heavyweight. Terrible fight. Two guys who don't belong in the organization, but it is what it is. Uh, Chico Camus, Brad Pickett. Man, I, I'd struggle with this one. I, you know, I uh, I wasn't sure about that 30-27 scorecard, first of all. And then second of all, um, man, Brad Pickett at flyweight is just a tough road to hoe. bantam bantamweight, and this is the way he beat Demetrius Johnson, he really had a wrestling advantage in addition to being a guy who could bang you out. And so it really created a problem for guys because um, – you know, they had to weather any kind of sort of striking storm he had, and he could easily change levels and pick him up. He had good good strength. He wasn't necessarily at a speed differential there, but when he tried to, you know, get to the top of the division, he just didn't have all the requisite skills to make it happen. Certainly not on the floor, and he couldn't mix things up like he he really sort of competes in direct phases. He's striking, and then he's wrestling. When he's not wrestling, then he's striking. Guys like Barrow are much more fluid between the spaces. And so he thought, well, I'll go to 125. But he's a little bit older. He doesn't quite have that. Sp- he doesn't at all have any kind of speed advantage. In fact, he's got a, a major speed differential. You know, it's really kind of bad. And um, I just feel like, you know, what's great about metamorphs relative to, you know, it's no one's fault or, or anything else. It's just the way humans interact. But I've been talking about it over and over and over and over again. The wrestling in MMA, it's getting kind of bad. And the problem is, you see, you saw in this uh Beneve- oh, excuse me, this Camus uh, picket fight, where they're just wrestling against the cage. But these guys are getting so good at defensive wrestling against the cage now; it's really, really hard to do something effective there. And Metamoris, if you want takedowns, and this is why you see fewer of them, in addition to the guard pulling, you know what? You want to take someone down in open space? It's hard to do. It's hard to do, but it forces you to get good at it, like anything else. If you that's your only option, you know, maybe there is a ceiling to what it will be versus having a, a, a surface to wrestle against, like a wall. But nevertheless, it, it, it makes it better. And so I'm really sort of impressed by those uh, attempts at minimoris. Morris. But in this one, Pickett couldn't really take down Camus in open space, and so had to use the the, the cage a lot. And as a consequence, Camus was able to get back up. Um, and Camus it seems to be more natural flyweight than Pickett is anyway. Uh, Barboza Green, just a bizarre fight for Green. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, you know, trying to play, say, like, oh, your strikes don't hurt me. I'm going to dust them off, which, you know. I don't think anyone – this is not like the regional scene where you can do that and then have all this glory. You're fighting at the highest level. Guys just don't believe you when you do that, or they know that it did hurt. It doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't work at this level, and it didn't work at this level. Barboza dusted him for three rounds, did basically whatever he wanted to do. I thought that Green was going to be more active with his offense, and what I found was that when – because Green can be creative, and he can slip in in certain pockets where you other guys normally don't, because he has a lot of spontaneity to his game. But against someone like Barboza, who hits so hard and is so lethal, he was forcing Green to constantly reset, and he never really got into any kind of creative flow. Against guys who have a high output but don't quite have that same lethality um, to their game, say like a James Krause greens m- opens up much more and couldn't do it against uh barboza and then of course the main event Frankie yeager versus cub swanson hell of an event a main event uh, Frankie yeager just incredible you know i'm glad he didn't take that much damage this time either a little bit in round one maybe a little bit in round two as well but as time went on he was just pouring it on cub swanson and um cub looked good on the feet early you know but Frankie Yeager just won't be denied. And, you know, a few of those takedowns were stuffed. I think by the second round, it was like four of seven. Uh, let me see the final fight metric stats just so I can, uh, uh I want to see for my own edification what they were. But, um, Frank Yeager's incredible, man. You know, a guy, at 33 years old. Everyone had kind of slept on. And I said it was the kiss of death that they had given Cup Swanson that, um, The promised title shot, although he had the huge win streak coming in. You know, listen, you guys saw what you saw. I mean, there's just no way to deny Frankie Jaeger. And I know everyone's going to try. They're going to say, and and it'll it'll work too. They're going to say, well, listen, Conor McGregor is going to beat Dennis Seaver. And when he beats Dennis Seaver, he deserves to take on Jose Aldo. But the reality about that is everyone's like, oh, well, you know, it's um, no one wants to see Frankie and Aldo in a rematch. And maybe that might be true, although that's exactly what should happen. Listen, if you want to argue for Conor McGregor because you think McGregor versus Aldo might be exciting, then say so. And if you want to argue for Aldo versus McGregor because the two haven't fought before, then say so. And if you want to argue for Aldo versus McGregor because you think that it'll do more box office business, and I'd agree with you, then, then argue that. Don't try to compare resumes. Don't. Because you're going to lose. Right? Charles Oliveira is better than anyone that McGregor has beaten except for Dustin Poirier. And Cubs, or I should say uh, Frankie's win against Cub is better than that win against Poirier. Sorry. Cubs, were, I mean, yes, he's had, a, uh, 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 McGregor's had, you know, more wins in a row technically, but look who he's fighting. You know, you want to give, you wanna give uh, Frankie Edgar guys at, the, you know, at that level of division, he'll dust them off too. It doesn't work that way um you know bj penn is where bj penn was i understand but look who else he's been fighting out there he hasn't been fighting schlubs, man he's been fighting for belts so and i thought you can argue he beat ben henderson both times i don't think he beat jose Jose aldo but pretty damn close so listen if you want to argue for conor mcgregor there's plenty of ways to go about it and you'll probably get your wish just don't argue on resumes because you can't win It's, it's, it's it's literally an argument you cannot win so just don't try But, uh, in terms of takedowns, let me see here. What did this fool get? Let's see. Last event. Sorry, I'm opening up fight metric. Sub attempts by Frankie, two passes, 16 passes. Seven of 13 takedowns. Landed, uh, no knockdowns, but landed 93 of 212 significant strikes. Cub Swanson only 31 and only 62 total strikes for Cub Swanson. Zero takedowns, no sub-attempts, no passes, no reversals. Wow, what a complete domination. Man, Frank Yeager's an incredible guy, right? Incredible guy. I don't know if he did enough to say I leave them no choice, but he certainly put on an incredible performance against a guy who was, you know, on the cusp of a title shot apparently quite literally uh so there we go that was the weekend in combat sports how long have i been going i don't even know what i'm doing here i've been going about 30 minutes wow okay time for me to get out of here i'm going to post this on SoundCloud. this will go up on itunes and podkicker and every place else if you want to follow me on twitter do so at sbn luke thomas and of course uh uh, by email luke.thomas at sbnation.com this has been the mma the monday morning analyst i'm luke thomas i'll see you guys next time peace